uh, Twitter handle at Religion of Woke. Come argue with me. Remember when you were a kid and you got a library card? Wasn't that a cool feeling? It made you feel like an adult, you know, like adults maybe have a driver's license or credit card. And there you were. You had your own card. Had your name on it. You know, you could. it was useful. What a great feeling. A guy I was listening to was talking about pronouns. You know, some people are like, I don't want to be called she or her or he or him. I want to be called they and them. But the funny part is that those are only used when you're not around. When you're there, they call you you. And so one idea is to uh, use X's in place of other, other letters. So you got like X-E. Instead of she or he, you got X-E. And I think it's pronounced a Z. And then you'd have Zer and Zim. Which made me think, if you wanted to replace you, if somehow you thought that was sexist or whatever, racist or... Transphobic, uh, then you put a X in front of that and you'd have zoo. So I learned a new word. It's panpsychism. It's related to consciousness. Like, what is consciousness? The first thing to say is that no one knows what consciousness is. I mean, you know, there's people getting PhDs trying to nail it down and they don't know. You know, you listening to this or me talking here, uh, obviously, we are both conscious. It's kind of like we're the star of our own movie, but we're also watching our own movie. So, like, for instance, uh, I'm just going to name three random animals. Cat, dog, monkey. Now, I didn't know, before I said those three animals, what three animals I was going to say. You know, so do we have a, a soul that runs our mind, which runs our body, and, our, and you know, my soul wanted to say cat, dog, monkey? The answer is, no one knows. And say you create a robot, you know, that's smarter than a person, it looks like a person, and it tells you that it's conscious. Now, we're going to believe it, but we don't really know. You know, do you have to have brain, you know, do you have to have brains? Or, you know, can you do it on uh, computer chips? And then, you know, I would say that it looks like mammals have consciousness. Like, I'm pretty sure my dog is watching slash the star of his own little movie, the movie of his life. And I don't see any reason, you know, that if you go kind of, whatever, go to dumber animals below a dog that they're not conscious, you know. So like a squirrel, a mouse, down to whatever the teeniest mammal there is. You know, now is a goldfish conscious? I mean, it's hard to say. It doesn't seem to be as conscious, but probably it's probably watching the movie of its life at least a little bit. Anyways, to get to the point, right, you can just kind of go down the animal kingdom, you know, all the way down to, you know, little flatworms, all the way down to a single-celled organism. Now, are those things conscious? I mean, you know, it doesn't look like it, but we don't know. So... Because we don't know if the absolutely simplest form of life is conscious or not, we just don't know what consciousness is. And so, if a single-celled organism is conscious, maybe a rock is conscious. I mean, you know, we don't know what it's like to be a rock. Uh, I don't think being a rock is, you know, you're not falling in love with other rocks and getting divorces and stuff, but... 
you know, maybe a rock has a little movie of its own life that it's watching. Maybe it goes all the way down to electrons, you know, like a an atom, or smaller than that, an electron. Maybe that electron has a little movie of its life that it's living through. And so that's panpsychism, the word that I learned. It just means that uh, everything has its own consciousness. You know, it may not, you know, like I say, it may not be the same kind of consciousness that you have, but that everything has it. And, you know, is panpsychism true? Probably not. But until we learn what consciousness is, we can't rule it out. So I thought that was interesting. So I got my second shot, and I now have a COVID card. You know, it's a COVID, I don't know, COVID passport, where it says uh, what kind of shot I got and what days I got it on. And I think in Europe, maybe to like move between countries, you got to have whatever their version of a COVID passport is and show it. Like in America, we don't have a real COVID passport exactly or, well, exactly yet. We'll see. Because I believe in the state of Oregon, they just had a, you know, government proclamation that says you can go to a restaurant and you don't have to wear a mask, but you have to, uh, you know, be safe as far as the vaccine goes. And so, you know, there's a well, I haven't read a lot of articles on this, and it just happened. But um, it's like, you know, how, how do you know if someone is safe per that criteria? Like, do you ask them for their little COVID card? I mean, first off, it's a card. You could probably find a picture of the card on the Internet and just print one out for yourself. Well, it's on a little bit of thicker paper than normal. I don't know. I guess I saw a headline. It's like, restaurant owners do not want their employees having to you know, ask people to show evidence of their medical history and then, you know, tell some people to get out and some people to come in. Like, they're worried that it's going to start uh, start some arguments. And it probably would. But the other thing about it is, so I think her name is Ashley Scott Green or something like that. She's like a Trump supporter in the House of Reps. And I guess she tweeted out that uh, HIPAA, you know, this is a healthcare information rules HIPAA rules do not allow, um, whatever, I guess a waiter to ask you if you had your shots. And she was wrong. What HIPAA does is it's, the waiter cannot ask your doctor, and then your doctor give the information to the waiter. So you can give out your own information. It's just whether or not your doctor or your hospital can give out your information. So she was wrong about that. But it brings up some interesting ideas. So I kind of got this from Kim Iverson on YouTube. Check her out. But she's like, you know, what if they wanted to... So Kim goes, well, what if they wanted to ask you about some other part of your medical history? And my brain instantly went to abortion. And Kim was a little more tasteful about it. She's like, you know, what if they asked you if you ever ended a pregnancy? And I have a feeling that wouldn't be legal because, you know, like the civil rights... Uh, rule or civil civil rights laws say that you can't discriminate against people because of their gender and so you know if you said only people who have had an abortion can come in or only people who have never had an abortion can come in you know one way or the other men would not be able to answer it the whatever they can they can't answer that question so that'd be treating men and women different so you probably couldn't base stuff on that but it's still a little weird you know if the Mater D at your restaurant is like, have you ever had cancer? I mean, right, that would just, that would just be weird. 
you know, you could always lie, maybe, or... Anyways, it would just be weird. Here's something that's equal opportunity for all races and genders, like, how many times a night do you get up to pee? Oh, that's too many. You can't come in the restaurant. And actually, to get a little conspiracy theory on this, what about flu shots? Like, if you can ask, if you can ask about being vaccinated for this thing, you could ask people if they had a flu shot. Or, you know, like the, I think the anti-vaxxers, they're against the MMR, the measles-something rubella vaccine. That's the one they think causes autism. You know, so maybe you could have a restaurant, you know, like a family restaurant where people bring their kids. And then you ask them, uh, have your kids had their MMR vaccine? Yeah, I guess, I don't know. This sounds like either like it's unconstitutional or it would have to go to the Supreme Court... Or there's certain rules you can say, we're in a state of emergency, so you can do something that you normally can't do. So, you know, maybe you can ask for the COVID vaccine information, but you can't ask it about vaccines, let's say, going forward till the end of time. I don't know. Marjorie Taylor Greene was the name of the House rep who supports Trump. Yeah, speaking of abortion, there's... I think the Supreme Court said that they will take uh, some sort of anti-abortion uh, Mississippi law. This part I'm not that sure on. I think maybe it's abandoning some abortions before 15 weeks, which has generally been... You can't make laws like that or something. I'm not sure. Makes me think of a buddy. Someone asked him like if he was pro-life or pro-choice, and he was like, I'm pro-abortion. Not that women should get the right to choose, but that women should be encouraged to have abortions. But anyway, so... I'm pro-choice, but I think that actually Roe v. Wade was unconstitutional. I mean, they fitted, they fitted it under uh, the right to privacy, which... I don't know. There's a, lot of, there's a lot of stuff thrown under the right to privacy. And maybe that's fine. But here's the part where it really really doesn't sound uh, like it was their job. You know, there's like there's the president and there's the Congress and there's the courts. And each one of those uh, has a job to do. And it doesn't matter. You know, it doesn't matter how right some, something is. It doesn't make it your job or not your job necessarily. Right? It just doesn't matter how, how correct you are. It might be that it's not the court's job, it's Congress's job. And the thing that kind of convinced me that it ain't the court's job was because I guess the courts, you know, they did a lot of stuff about like trimesters. Something like, you know, oh, before the first trimester or during the first trimester, it's fine. And then during the second trimester, you know, maybe you can, uh, you can do these restrictions. And then, you know, oh, the third trimester, well, you can, you know, you can put restrictions on there as much as you want, except for, you know, if it's rape and incest, or whatever. But it's just like, does that sound like the way that a court case should go? Like, they, uh, they say, yeah, abortion's okay, and then we're going to tell you, you know, here's what you could do in the first trimester, second trimester, third trimester. You know, sometimes in this trimester you can do it this way, sometimes in those trimesters you can do it that way. I mean, that sounds like you're writing a law, right? That's like a, that's a legislative thing, right? Like Congress would be like, here we go. Here are the rules. 
And so the court maybe could say that, you know, abortion is legal. They could have maybe said like abortion is legal and then boom, all across America, period. It's always legal. There's nothing about trimesters. There's nothing, nothing else. Or maybe they could say, you know, it's up to, uh, it's up to the states and they can make their own rules or the feds. But to, you know, kind of micromanage these rules themselves, that does not sound like uh, someone following the Constitution. That's just someone, whatever. They wanted to do what they thought was right, and I, I guess they did it. But I don't think they really followed the Constitution. It's a GADSAD, G-A-D-S-A-A-D, is a professor in Canada. And he's a Jew from Lebanon when he was a kid. And I guess there, there's a war in Lebanon, must have been somewhere around 1970, and so he was like five years old when this war was going on. And, you know, it was uh, Muslims versus Christians, I think, but uh, they also didn't like the Jews. And so he has a crazy story. I guess in their house they had like a, a paper towel roll, you know, like you clean your hands with and then there was a guy who would come and replace the paper towel roll in your house so one time at night in the middle of a crazy ass civil war the paper towel guy comes to the door and is like hey let me in I got paper towels for you Gadsad's like five years old he's like uh, this doesn't sound right and so he gets his mom and so the paper towel guy is on the front steps with some other men that no one knows. And the mom calls the police. And uh, I guess, thank God, a Muslim police officer comes to the house. And he's there with the police officer is there with his gun. And he's like, what are you, what, what are you guys doing here? You know, in the middle of the night, uh, trying to deliver paper towels. And the guy's like, Oh, well, I got some pomegranates. I picked some pomegranates when I was in the mountains, so I wanted to bring them to uh, these Jews. Anyways, the police officer has a rifle, and he's like, you guys get the hell out of here. And uh, long story short, they were not there to deliver uh, pomegranates. You know, around that nation, it was like, you know a Jewish family? Go there and, uh, you know, rape and kill them all. And, uh, long story short, Gadsad and his family got the hell out of there. They moved to Canada.